With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Sprint Day at the 2023 Belgian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen takes sprint pole and victory on another tricky wet day at Spa-Francorchamps, despite losing the lead shortly after the start. It was Australian rookie Oscar Piastri who briefly denied Verstappen first place thanks to a well-timed pit stop, though the much faster Red Bull racing car made quick work of the McLaren to cruise to another comfortable win. But Piastri easily held a career-best second place, ahead of a well-timed third for Pierre Gasly, who finally gave Alpine something to smile about on a difficult weekend off-track for the French team. To talk us through yet another wet day at Spa, let's hear now from your host in the paddock, it's Julianne Serasoli. Spa's weather seems to be even crazier this year and that meant a big headache for the race director this Saturday. Nothing though would stop Max Verstappen from crossing the finish line in first place one more time this season in front of Oscar Piastri this time, who's had a great sprint day, and Pierre Gasly, who used his pit box position in his favor to finish third with Alpine. I'm Julian Serrazoli speaking from Spa, having survived another chaotic day with showers, light rain and sun in Belgium. It wasn't a simple day at work for anyone involved, indeed. So we started with a few delays in the sprint shootout due to the weather, and we had a similar story in qualifying the day before. The drizzle became rain just before the shootout, then it eased off, allowing the drivers to finish the shootout with dry tires. But the damage to the timetable at least was done. The regulation says that we need to have 4 hours and 30 minutes between the sessions, so the sprint start was delayed 35 minutes. Ironically, we all knew a big storm was coming and you could feel the anticipation on the grid. So about 30 minutes to the start, the skies were blue just above us on the grid. Then it started to get darker and darker and I remember seeing Alfa Romeo's chief strategist, Ruth Buscombe, excited getting into the grid saying it's coming it's coming as anyone who wasn't in the first rows would be excited as they see that as an opportunity for them we were cleared from the grid uh, six or seven minutes before the formation lap and many cars still didn't have the tires fitted as i crossed the pit lane into the paddock it started to rain and in two minutes it was a downpour at that time, we all knew it wasn't going to last long. It was a matter of 15 minutes maximum, and it was. But there was a lot of standing water, and it has been raining a lot since we arrived on Thursday, so the soil is soaked up already. I know you fans 
don't like seeing cars going round behind a safety car. Nobody does. I don't know what could be the solution. Maybe circuits could be obliged to have a machine to clear the standing water in a more effective way. Maybe that would help because it's clear where F1's limitation is coming from. Daniel Ricciardo sets a good example of what it means for drivers when they are at the track with these cars and these tires. He said that anything above fourth gear and you just hope everyone was on the track. He said not even the ring light from the car in front could be seen. He went on to say I had zero visibility for 30% of the track. And during the race, the engineer told me, okay, break later into turn five because you are braking a little bit too early and you are wasting time. But the reason why he was braking early was basically because he couldn't see the braking point. So he said, you end up leaving a margin because you don't want to be the one who's going to get to the corner too quickly and maybe crash into the others. If you spoke with the guys in front, they would tell you it was a bit bad in the first few laps, but then in the end it was fine. But then you go further down the grid, it was a different story. So some drivers like Vanu Joe said he couldn't see much, for the, especially in the first sector of the track during the whole sprint. This spray is a big problem. F1 knows it and is trying to solve it. The 2022 regulations were made in a way that the turbulent air is sent upwards so we can have better racing and that worked to some extent. But when it rains, the water is sent upwards, just like the turbulent air. And that creates the spray that is so bad for visibility. And at the same time, cars are more and more loaded on the tires, which had to get wider and this also contributes to a bigger spray. So I was talking to a photographer who said he calculates the spray of a current Formula One cars in 15 meters. And he said it cannot be compared to other forms of racing. This guy is a, a very experienced guy. I don't know how accurate his measurement is, but I think it gives you a very good idea. So when the race of sprint finally starts with 11 laps, Half of the drivers go straight to the pit, remembering that they had to start with wet tires as instructed by the race director. They changed the wet four inches, just showing that it wasn't that wet and it wasn't an aquaplaning issue or a tire issue. The other 10 drivers, they didn't do it because they would have had to wait behind their teammates and then they would lose too much time. But one team makes an interesting choice, a different choice, it's Red Bull. So Red Bull chooses to pit Paris, who is starting further behind, and not Max, who was leading. So it's not that Max didn't think it was time to stop for Inters, but the team knew he would be held up by many drivers coming in, as they have the first garage. And of course, if he lost the lead, it wouldn't be too much of a problem for the rest of the sprint if he only lost one position. So it was a matter of losing maybe more positions and losing just one position. So that's why they didn't choose to stop on the first lap. Paris did it 
and gained some ground as did Gasly who benefited from having this garage in the middle of the pit lane. Let's remember that this garage allocation depends on the constructors uh, championship of the year before so Alpine was in the middle of the pit lane. So when Ferrari was holding signs in the beginning of the pit lane also Alpine could release Gasly and he found himself behind Max and the new leader Oscar Piastri. That didn't last long but at least it served as an experience for Oscar who led for the first time in F1. The Australian rookie who a year ago was the center of a dispute between Alpine and McLaren qualified second for the sprint, made a rather easy decision on his own words to change tires at the first opportunity and found himself fighting with Max, although he couldn't do much to defend when his rears started to overheat. Pierre Gasly survived in third place after making places with the stop and he was helped by Lewis Hamilton's damaged Mercedes. So Lewis had a collision trying to overtake Sergio Perez who was struggling badly with his rear tires. Not a great sign for his Sunday by the way and ended up not finishing the race and with a big hole in his sideboard. Lewis said he saw the replays and he wasn't really convinced he should have been penalized but he didn't care that much because it's just a sprint anyway and it's not the first time Lewis makes it clear he doesn't really care that much about the poor sprints. But he had some damage and then he couldn't attack Gasly who was really happy to give a good result for Alpine in this turbulent weekend. It was actually interesting to see how happy Otmar Zapnauer was to be on the sprint grid to which not many team principals go. He was there smiling, giving interviews as if nothing had happened. Or maybe he's just enjoying the last few grids as a team principal for a while as he's leaving his job after Belgium. With Hamilton's penalty, the Ferraris were fourth and fifth with Carlos in front of Charles Leclerc. They are running well this weekend, but the sprint race pace wasn't as good as in both qualities. Landon Norris was sixth, followed by Hamilton and Russell in the last position in the points this Saturday. Let's remember that Leclerc, Norris and Russell were the teammates that had to wait one more lap to stop and lost ground in the beginning of the sprint. So what can we expect this Sunday? Sprints very often serve as a luxury free practice for teams as if they were in this big racing simulation where nobody can hide behind engine modes or fuel levels. But not in Spa for Crochet it seems. Racing in Spa a month earlier than usual, F1 is experiencing a weekend with more surprises than normal weather-wise. And after two days of rain showers and periods of sun, Sunday is looking drier. Although I'm, I'm on risk saying it will be dry. It probably won't be totally dry, but not with the heavy showers we had on Saturday. If that happens, teams will have the first opportunity to run on the dry track, thinking about the race pace, as they only did a few laps in the dry in the end of two qualifying. So that means that only teams that put drivers 
on Q3 have this experience of the dry track. Rear tire overheating was an issue in the last laps when the track was drying out and could again be a headache depending on the track temperature and the setup each team has chosen. So it's a race teams are heading to with less information than usual, but there's one certainty, Max Verstappen. It's true that he's starting sixth due to a penalty for changing the gearbox, but the way he overtook Piastri even without DRS, remembering that the advantage of Red Bull's DRS is immense on this track, only shows that he will hardly suffer from this penalty. Pole position belongs to Charles Leclerc though, and Sergio Perez second believes he has a chance to win and break his teammate's streak of seven consecutive victories. Let's see if he can do it. And I come back tomorrow telling you all about it. Bye bye. Thanks very much to Julianne, who's in the Belgian paddock all weekend watching the skies. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Belgian Grand Prix paddock by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Julianne on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name is Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.